When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yo, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of River City ninety three. I'm your host, as always, Mr. Elliot Barr, and is joining me are my two wonderful co-hosts, guys that are enjoying the weekend off because we did not have to play a game in the quarterfinals. It's Mr. Matt Myers is Mr. Shadir Durant. The second, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. I like watching some games without really having any skin in it and just watching to see who we're going to play next. Yeah, this has been a, a good weekend for enjoying soccer and uh, you know, letting the heart have some rest because I, I'm sure come Saturday it's going to get a workout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's going to be stress-induced. Uh, it's going to be like, oh, this is not good fun. <laughs> yeah. So for those who don't know, USL quarterfinals happened this weekend. You had Charlotte. I mean, not, yeah, Charlotte played Tormenta. That game ended 2-1 under a bevy of controversy. If you haven't checked out that game or watched it yet, I advise you go back to watch it because um, it was a fun game. But there's a lot of controversy in it. Um, and the game that matters the most to us is the one nothing Chattanooga win over Union Omaha that went into extra time. And guys watching this game and knowing how Chattanooga play us, Richmond has their hands full, but – I do kind of like their chances a little bit. What do you guys think about Chattanooga being our opponent in the semifinals? Yeah, I mean, there's no such thing as an easy game when you get to the semifinals of the playoffs. Uh, I think that would be absolutely ridiculous to think that, oh, whoever we're going to get a walkover, uh, you know, to get all the way to the final. It's, it's just not going to happen. But I think Chattanooga is a team with some flaws that, you know, uh, this team has the capacity to be able to exploit. Uh, so all things considered, getting them on the road. Now, if we had to go to Chattanooga, different story. I'd be a little more worried about things. Yeah. <laughs> getting them coming to City Stadium. Uh, you know, I like the team's chances and a good chance to be able to kind of, uh, you know, exercise some demons from that uh, 2020 game. You know what? I'm not going to lie. As soon as that Chattanooga Yomaha game went final uh, in extra time, that was the first thought that popped in my head. It was like, all right, this team gets a chance to fix what happened in 2020. But those who don't remember in 2020, Richmond literally had to beat Chattanooga to get into the final. Win that game in the final. Doesn't happen. Game is 1-2. Marcus Hernandez scores in what, like the last couple of seconds? Yeah, I mean, that goal matter. We had to win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wasn't fun. Wasn't fun. But hopefully, this time comes Saturday, we have a lot more fun going on. Um, 
looking at the Chattanooga team, y'all, like, it's so weird having to do a preview because we haven't done one in so well because we're always doing, like, reviews and then previews. So weird. So I'm trying to make sure I say this right. It make that layout right in my head. When we look at this Chattanooga team, who are some of the players that stand out to you? For me, it's Galindrez, um, Mintigan. Who are some guys that stand out to you and why? Um, well, a lot of um, a lot of what we saw in this game was, I I, I would say I, I would say there weren't really any major standout players. I mean, of course, Carrera was was kind of bossing things in the midfield, but it, it was basically a just hang on while Union Omaha do their passing thing. Um, and try and find something on the other end. Um, so the, in fact, to be honest with you, a couple of their more, you know, lauded players kind of went missing a little bit in this game. When you look at Espinoza, um, who else? Um, I mean, Flores was pretty quiet. Yeah, yeah, Flores was also pretty quiet on the on the right wing, but again, this this goes back to they were playing a more conservative game. They were just literally, like I said, letting Union Omaha do their their cute passing stuff and not finishing, and waited for their opportunity to pounce. Yeah, I mean, Espinosa's kind of been you know one of their consistently better players throughout the entire year. In the midfield, you know, he's kind of you know the equivalent of their Ethan Bryant. You know, I would say you know really makes a lot of things go. He's got an ugly ass uh, what pink hair right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a choice. You're not feeling the pink, Matt. You want to read the pink hair? I swear that's like the new color because was it Juan uh, Juan uh, Arahu for LA Galaxy has it. I think there's like two other players that have pink hair now. I guess it's for like breast breast cancer awareness month, or you just have money and you decide I want to color my hair pink. But I'm sorry, Matt, I didn't mean to cut you off. It's part of my head. Well, that. I mean, Hobie's playing USL soccer in Chattanooga. He ain't got money, so. <laughs> uh, but no, he. I mean, he's been you know, really strong for them all year. Uh, Galindrez, he scores. He must say his fitness must be absolute crap because I don't know why he didn't start for them otherwise. <laughs> That that to me is like the biggest mystery in the world. I do not understand why he doesn't start, but when he comes off the bench, man, I, I, I mean, it's, smart, it's a smart play by Chattanooga. Like, I think I, I'm sure he leads the league and goals as a substitute, but when he comes off the bench, man, and he's already going up against tired center backs and whatnot, he he plays with a whole different gear, you know? Yeah, and their defense has gotten a lot stronger the later half of the year since they got a Timmy Mail on. Uh, I think it was on loan from Tampa, if I remember you know, correctly. But he's helped to uh, shore up some of their uh, leakiness that they had been prone to earlier on, you know, during the season. Uh, so I'd say those are some of their you know, key guys. Uh, they're a team with a lot of you know good to above average players in this league, but maybe they're lacking the pure star, maybe outside of Galindrez. Yeah. They have, they have, like you said, they have a lot of solid parts. It's like Villalobos, uh, Mintigan, uh, Cara. 
And then like Galindra has been Galindra's is probably like the star guy you want to mark a person as that. In terms of how they play, Matt, how would you say this Chattanooga team lines up? Like how would you say they're looking to start the game off and play within like the midfield? I mean, I, I haven't watched a ton of their games <laughs> all year. Uh, but for the most part, I mean I think they play pretty I guess what you call say like a classical style in the US, like you know, right now it's kind of that four, two, three, one look that a lot mm-hmm. of people you know tend to like. You know, they really they like to play a physical you know brand, you know, quite a bit too. Like they're not afraid to be able to you know, put uh you know put their shoulder into somebody and you know, kind of muck it up a little bit. Uh they've done that, you know, defensively to really good effect against us over the years, especially in Chattanooga, you know, really being able to isolate you know emmy or isolate you know whomever we had would have up top and just really frustrate our attackers leading to uh a lot of attacks having to come down the wings which isn't necessarily a problem for our current team because that's how we like to attack anyway yeah yeah it, it does seem like that's the starting to play um Shanae, let me ask you this why does Chattanooga midfield give us so many problems? Because it seemed like between their midfield and Tormentor's midfield, it kind of seems like their MO against Richmond is to be as physical as they can and try to create as much chaos as possible. Uh, I think that's that. I think you hit it on the head. I mean, it's it's that physical aspect. Uh, when you look at our three um, central midfielders, uh, you're the most commonly played: uh, Neil, Ethan. And Zaka, you're looking at three that aren't really big in stature, um, rely more on their their technical ability or quickness to um, and, and creativity to to dominate the midfield. Um, but Chattanooga, really, they just they dominate the midfield through physical strength. And 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 they they're looking for the physical challenges all over the field, and that kind of clashes uh, with the way the kickers play. I, I think the best way to avoid that is to basically to avoid the physical battle um, defensively. Try and force the ball wide and allow the fullback to 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 capitalize on blocking those crosses and stealing the ball. And when playing through the midfield, when we do have the ball, play quick. Just move the ball around as quickly as you can, and don't allow you don't allow any of our midfielders to settle on the ball, so that now we're having to worry about a physical battle with whoever's coming to try and pressure the ball off of them. Um, but that 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 is the biggest. That's their biggest weapon. Their biggest weapon is their physical game. Yeah, anything you wanted to say to that, Matt? I believe you're about to say something. I mean, I feel like that's kind of what I I said. Just you know, the slightly <laughs> slightly different you know focus of you know how our individual guys were affecting it. I mean, nah. I mean, both. I mean, both of you are right. It's kind of like if you watch any part of USL League, well, you kind of know how the Chattanooga team is. You know how they like to attack. You know, you know how what they want to do. In terms of Swaski, how does he kind of counter it? Is kind of like the bigger talking point. Before, so before I get my answer, I want to hear from y'all to make sure I'm right. And if I'm not right, I want to correct my answer after hearing y'all two geniuses speak. I mean, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean we're right either, but <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think you know, 
touched upon it a little bit briefly. You know, the opportunities end up coming from the wings a lot of times, and uh, conveniently, that's where the overwhelming majority of our attacks come from. So I don't think Darren's going to switch anything around. I think yeah. he's going to look for those you know diagonal pings over to Bologna. He's going to look for those overlapping runs you know from uh, Payne. He's going to look for whichever guys out on you know the right wing you know this week to be able to uh, you know do some work and you know uh, get him behind and then you know hopefully they can be able to you know make a good play one on one you know combine up with the, you know Emmy with a midfielder and make something happen. I don't, this team finished in first place you know five points clear at the top. I don't think Darren's changing his system at home you know, for the playoffs. No. You know, his philosophy pretty much all year has been, here's what we do, you know, beat us if you can. Yeah, no, it, that, that really is the philosophy of what this team is. It's kind of pretty much like we're going to attack and counterattack anything you throw at us. And, I mean, this team, what, leaves a goal scored in points one after giving up the first goal. So, this team's been under the gun in a lot of, in a lot of games, been able to turn around and put it into our own favor. So if you're looking at Darren's lineup, we have to assume that Belongis is going to be back starting on the left wing. Do we think Stu is going to come back into that left back spot, or do we are we favor more Fitch? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> if, let me ask this just to make it easier. If both are healthy, so assuming that both are healthy, who are you leaning more towards for this game? I think I start with Simon. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. He, he no. gives you, he gives you more of a physical stature. Okay. Yeah, not only that, but you know, knowing that this game could go 120, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having you know Stu coming in, you know, at the end of the game, uh, if you need to be able to chase a goal, that's a nice you know piece to be able to you know, you know bring on to be able to you know, get a little bit more dynamic. You play you know, up the left. Uh, I mean based purely on conjecture, I'm guessing Stu would be a better, better penalty taker at the end of the game than Simon would. Yeah. But I don't think either one's a wrong answer. Okay. I mean, I do like I do like the ability to start off a little bit more defensively, given you have Payne on the other side that can get further up and, up and down the field, have Simon kind of sit back a little bit more and then throw Stu on if need be. Kind of like, I guess, break in case of emergency status. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if he would come on one way or another, but it gives you options on what that looks like when he comes in. Is it a, hey, we're going to five in the back and you know, sliding Simon a little bit inside? Is it a, hey, we need to you know, chase something and you know, we're putting on you know, anybody with you know, kind of an attacking mindset and that's why we're going for it? So uh, just flexible options. Okay, flexible. Flexible always works. Flexibility is key. Um, Another plot space that has been very flexible is in the kicker's lineup is that right wing spot. We know EVD's out, so it's kind of in between, you know, Matt Bentley, No Wade Gordon. Who are we favoring this one? I'd say Bentley. I'd say Bentley. Um, I like old Gordon as our super sub. I really like how he how he comes off the bench and, and creates a spark. I don't think I think it's safer to start with Bentley, um, who gives you that solid performance out there, and then maybe later on bring on O'Gordon, and now you have that flair coming in to 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 maybe create a spark if it's something that we need. 
Um, if it isn't something that we need by the time it's time to sub Bentley off, then I mean, figure do do something else. But even even when we are in a position of of dominance, bringing on O'Gordon is always better than starting with him. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far with you know he's always better off the bench than starting. But I would agree. I think I, I think I want to start with Bentley this week. Yeah, I, I agree as well. I think I think we're kind of agreeing all all of each other. Oh no, I mean I like Bentley for what he offers you and whatnot. I think you're right, Shanae, like bringing uh, Elgarden off the bench against tire legs, kind of like our version of Glendres, works yeah. perfectly. Um, and whatnot. Do you think? Do you think there's any chance we'll see? Well, I know Bima. He hasn't. Bima hasn't been in the lineup in the 18 in a long time. If I'm right, I think um, he was in. I think he was in the 18 for like one of the home games recently, but that's about it. Okay. Because yeah, I was going to say, yeah. is there any chance he might get in if if we need to get a late goal in or a cross or anything or? I mean, I, I don't. I don't know if I would. I would put him uh, because of basically the how long it's been since he's seen the field. Yeah. I don't think a playoff game where everything is on the line is the time to kind of put him back on the field. Be like, yeah, this green thing. Remember this? Can you play on this? Like, I don't think. <laughs> I don't think that would be a very good idea. So, I have one exception to this. Uh, I can see a logic for including him in the 18, you know, because, and again, this is a complete conjecture you know, piece of it because none of us had ever heard of him before February. Uh, I'm guessing he's you know, played in you know, some you know, pressure cooker situations in the past, and you know, if it comes down to penalties, something like that, I gotta think, you know, a he's somebody who would again be able to take a good you know, penalty. He, you know, the quality of his crossing, I, I think that is a skill that translates pretty well. You know, to penalty taking a lot of time and the pressure scenario. You know. So, I, I mean, I, I would maybe have consider having him on the bench as like a break if necessary, hundred nineteenth minute sub. And maybe this is only in my mind because I was just watching the Pittsburgh Birmingham game that went to penalties yeah. you know, right before we logged on, but. I could see him having a use in that situation. Okay. So that's that's the extreme, extreme breaking curse of emergency. Yeah, I hope it doesn't come to that in any way whatsoever. Nah. But nah, I hope not either. Nah, I hope not. I hope we win this game in 90 minutes and we get to relax after the 30th minute. That would do oh, my heart a lot of good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm assuming the first sub will probably be Ani. Coming on, like it's always been. Like I feel like Darren's substitutions are very, like we kind of all know them by heart now, right? I mean, I feel like the first step is going to be, you know, Gordon or Bentley for the other one, probably. Yeah. You know, or or yeah. if you know, Polonius is you know in danger of getting himself sent off or something like that. You know, slight chance he could go, but I think you roll the dice on that in this game yeah. as opposed to a regular season game. I I. I I don't think there's any chance Darren takes off Emmy, Bolaños, Neil, Ethan, Zaka, unless Darren is like. You don't think he's going to make subs? Well, okay, I'm saying I don't think he takes them off for like 
if they have a yellow card. Like I don't think that's the reason he takes the ball off. I I can see I can see Zaka coming off if we need something. I can see Candela coming on as a more creative six than Zaka is. Zaka is more of your your destroyer, um, solid defensive defensive midfielder. While Candela Vincenzo is will do his 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 defensive midfield duties, but he will bring you a spark. So I think if we're in a situation where we need something, I can see Candela coming on for Zaka. See, I just want to say. You are going to be the leader of the Candela church movement. How much you love this man. Man, we haven't seen him in a while, but I'm just saying, and just in terms of the style of play, yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I would. Think, I just think it's far more likely that he'd bring on, you know, Ani and reconfigure, you know, one of, you know, one of him or, uh, you know, Dakota up into that, you know, spot and kind of, you know, push them forward a bit more than, you know, Candela in that spot. But I mean, if you look at Darren, you know that substitution pattern. But he usually does pull off, you know, Bryant around seventy to seventy-five. You know, yeah. so if we're predicting, you know, why change? Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, for Tazagi, how does Tazagi get free and open within this game? Because we know Chattanooga's deep mo is going to be one. Mark him out the game. Make sure he doesn't have space to free roam like how he does within the ATR box. But then, too, he's also going to be keeping a close eye on Bolaños. For for Emmy himself, what does he need to do to kind of open up space and make sure that he's a part of this game from the onset? I mean, I think more it's more so what the rest of the team needs to do um, in right. order to provide him with that space and – Late runs, late runs, late runs. So looking at players like Neil and Ethan coming into the box late, causing panic and causing even for a split second, because that's literally all Terzaghi needs, a split second of a defender losing concentration on him and he finds that spot. So we need to create that diversion and that diversion will come from players like Neil and Ethan, because Neil and Ethan have made a name for themselves in USL League One now. I mean, Ethan more so up and coming, but he has, I mean, you just see his performance in the last two regular season games, and it's like, this is a number eight that is not to be messed with. So... (laughs) I will say this. On the recent episode of uh, Walking 90, which, by the way, we're doing another live show on Thursday, so check it out. Um... I picked Ethan Ethan Bryan as the player that's going to have like the breakthrough performance through the whole tournament. Um, I also, in that same thing, picked Richmond as my underdog pick because um, I'm selfish. So yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you make w- one good you know, comment and one absolutely horrific comment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah, I know, I know the whole crew of walking Dyke came after me about it. But in my defense, I picked this team because I'm just like, all right, there's there were a lot of people at first that did not believe in us, that did not pick us. But also like, oh that's a nice goal. Sorry. I got distracted. I was watching FC Dallas and Austin. Um but like uh, there was a lot of people that didn't pick this team to get to where they were supposed to hit hit the mid week the mid season podcast on uh on walking ID. But then also, like, 
how can I say this? Like this team, this team has thrived when they're the underdog throughout the entire year. Like giving up a goal in the first couple of minutes, come back and score against Tormenta. Um, you know, the game against NCFC where, you know, we're literally down, what, 3-1 in the 90th minute and scored, oh, no, my fault, 2-1 and come back and scored two goals to win it there. So this team has thrived in the underdog. So why not? That's, team? that's not being an underdog, though. Yeah, to me it that's is. That's being a comeback king. That's the difference. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, you know we were underdogs. We were underdogs when we were playing, you know, MLS Charlotte. You know, the game where we went in, you know, clearly not favored. This team finished in first place by five <laughs> clear points in the table. By definition, they cannot possibly be the underdog, <laughs> you know, of anything here right now. Who cares what preseason, you know, uh, you know, said? That's you know, like uh, you know, saying, okay, well. You're a Georgia football fan, right? Right. Yeah, that's like saying, "Oh, Georgia's the underdog because people had Bama number one." It's nonsense. There, there's, we... there's, no, there's no world where Georgia is an underdog <laughs> in that scenario because they're they were the champions. Yeah, so. I I live in a world like Bill Belichick, where any t- anybody that says something about us, we will use it as material and go out there and prove it on the field. Okay, that's different though. <laughs> you know, an underdog is you know when you're not here. The that's different than the you know uh, you know no one believes in us you know card that you know every sports team you know ever you know always tries to play up like oh you know they didn't believe in us yeah you know, nobody thought we'd be here blah, blah, blah. I mean you hear you know like you said the Patriots or you know like Manchester City saying nonsense like that it doesn't mean they're the underdog it just means that they're you know deluded and trying to hype themselves up into something. All right, maybe I am. You're right, yeah. maybe I am. But yeah, I I did pick Ethan Bryant as my uh my surprise player, and when yeah. I, I made that pick with you in mind, just about how you were talking about him on the last podcast about like you know like every game he's gotten like slightly better and controlled games slightly more, and exactly like to that's, a frightening level. Yeah, and it's like you don't realize it until you look and you're like in the last game of the regular season and you're like, dang, he's really doing – and you think back and you're like, he's gradually been working up to this level of dominance in the midfield. And it, it isn't just all of a sudden tonight he tore it up. It's like he's been he's been slowly working towards this all year, all season long. Like if you look at Ethan Bryant's performance from day one, it's literally a, an upward trajectory all the way up until the last game. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm just I'm just hoping he can really make a difference in that midfield. And again, going back to what we we're talking about with regards to Jazaki, creating that diversion, creating that other player that the defense has to seriously worry about. Because if we look at most of his goals this season, uh, the, the, the couple of goals that he has scored, they have been long range. Mm-hmm. So that that creates another worry for the defense. It's like we need to make sure that we have someone who can step out. And when you step out, that creates more space in the box for Terzaghi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we move on from, you know, Elliot's uh, statements, you know, on Thursday. We just got to be removed from the podcast for 24 hours. <laughs> no, no, that's different. It's just saying that what you say does not reflect the opinions of Mir Shanir. <laughs> Again, 
you, know, you got you to understand words matter here, which is also why I need to bring up you stating that the kickers don't have that guy on their roster. I never, no, 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 no. I never said that. I didn't say that. I didn't say Richmond. I was reading off the sheet that they had. Okay. They said Richmond was the only team with that guy. And I was okay. like, well, that's not true. Every other team has that guy, like you guys have been saying. Okay. No, I misunderstood. Our guy is that good. I misunderstood that one then. <laughs> yeah. No, I didn't. No, no. Yeah, I was saying Richmond yeah, no, does no. have that guy, like Envy and Bolognas. Which, right. by the way, um, did you guys see the article done by, was it the time? No, it was uh, CBS 6. Mm-hmm. They did on Bolognas and Emmy. Have you guys checked that out? Yep. I have not. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. Um, yeah, they're pretty much just talking about their partnership on the field and, like, how Bolaños helped Emmy, you know, getting accustomed to America and things like that. Like, because I think, like, early on, Bolaños was his um, translator at first mm-hmm. and whatnot. So, yeah, it's a, it's, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to CBS 6. Um, it's in the River City Red Army Facebook group. I know that, which, by the way, like, a bunch of people have been joining it. Um, you can just find it out there. And we'll, we'll tweet it out as well so you can check it out. But it's good. Yeah, no, I was saying Richmond does have that guy. Like, okay, yeah, yeah I was gonna say, I would love to hear your, how you would have mentally justified that one. No, I there's no way I can mentally justify that. <laughs> there's right. no way I can mentally justify that. Um, <clears throat> but hey, let, you know, let's look at you know, something that uh, I, look, I think I can be on your side a little bit on the you know, nobody's rooting for us, yeah. you know, element of it. We know damn well the league doesn't. Want us to win? They want Tormenta to win this league, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent, absolutely. I feel like I feel like this might be the one week people actually want us to win because of because uh, who we're playing. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like this is the one we ever was like, all right, Richmond, go take care of it for us. Uh, given all the stuff that's happened and whatnot, which yeah, well, why, why don't we dive into that? So <laughs> because I'm guessing that the folks listening to this might not be oh. as big of mega nerds as us and following along with you know Chattanooga Red Wolves Twitter drama. Well also this is part of my illustrious hobby of being a USL League One reporter. Um so Chattanooga's coach it was it was told to, it was tweeted to us. No 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 hold on you, you gotta take a step back you're gonna you know, talk how about Chattanooga's you know official head coach first. Yeah yeah, so Chattanooga's a fit, oh, yeah, head coach or interim head coach. Uh, James no, no. Weekly. What? No, no, I'm talking about Opleta. Start there. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, you want me to start there? All right, all right. So, what happened? Um, Opleta is suspended uh, definitely from the team from pretty much being an asshat to his players and abusing them. Um, it's kind of a change of what happens in the H report. We talked about that in the So, he's suspended. Chattanooga FC, I mean, not Chattanooga FC, Chattanooga Red Wolves. Kind of said something about it, but it wasn't until the USL Players Association said something that they came out with a statement. They've still have yet to fire him or said anything about what's happening with the past or present players and how they're being treated since. And it's been what, like two or three months now? Yeah, it's been since, uh, uh, yeah, since August. Nothing has happened. Um, the league hasn't said anything about it yet. Yeah. The only so- thing that's happened is that Oblade has been suspended. So since somehow this guy, is, somehow this guy might be the you know, least publicly you know problematic guy on the head coaching roster. Right, Chattanooga is just a source of punishment on this. Um, so the guy that replaced him is uh, Jimmy Weekly, 
Um, and he, you know, on, on paper, he's doing a great job there. But if you go to his Twitter page, <laughs> and it was tweeted to us because I didn't know Chattanooga had coach, I didn't even know his name until someone tweeted. So I was looking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's him. If you went to his likes, they were very, very horny, very horny likes, like pretty much only fan girls he was liking, all that stuff. And then he was tweet out his cash out, which was more hilarious. Um, so yeah, it <laughs> it just seemed like for all the stuff that Chattanooga goes through, it was like off the field drama for Chattanooga. The way how this team was performing, you would think this team was Chris Kerr, but the off the field drama is at a whole whole nother level over there. It's yeah. it, looks like, it looks like he's gone back and cleaned up his likes, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, he cleaned it up after Chip talked to him. Uh called him out on it. And then, you know, Union Omaha Twitter started going at it. The funny thing was, even for Madison's main Twitter account, made a joke about it, which was hilarious. Like, yeah, man. Chattanooga was getting thrown in the mud. It was hilarious. And, and, was- hey, let's be fair to the man. He was very equal opportunity. He was not just going for, like, you know, like, you know, the girls in their prime. You know, he was equal no, opportunity. No, he wasn't. He was you know, going for all shapes, sizes, ages, everything. He was. He was like, 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 like. And also, if you want to uh, send Coach a dollar or something, you can because he tweeted out his cash app like a bunch of times. Oh, that's uh, still there. Yeah, I don't think that's leaving anytime yeah. soon, but that is hilarious. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's what's going on over there in Chattanooga. But turn yeah, it If you want to uh, send a cat, you know, send a little gift. You know, get him ready for you know, the big game this weekend. You know, cash app him at uh, Fausto four 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 four. Your man's probably gonna be appreciative. Yeah, you're like, why am I getting all these weird cash app requests? Which, by the way, also never tweet out the word cash app on Twitter. You will have a thousand scam bots hitting you up out oh, of nowhere. Oh yeah. Never tweet out the word cash app. Don't do it. Just save yourself the drama. Um. But turning the attention back to us, and when I'm looking at Richmond, like, I mean, we kind of already talked about it, but, like, how are we, we, we expecting this game to play out one? But, like, what player is going to have to, outside of Bolaños, Trizaghi, Akira, which player on the – and Ethan, I'll take those four away from you. Which player on the field, on the bench, is going to have the biggest impact for us to make this a win for Richmond? I mean, if it's making a win, then I guess you got to go Neil because where else are the goals coming from? If you've taken away, you know, I mean, you've taken away Blonde, you've taken away Ethan. I mean, that's the, I mean, that's the I, mean, I wouldn't, the way, the way I, the way I read this question is it, who's going to give us, who's going to be that spark apart from those guys? Because I mean, at the end of the day, I can see Terzaghi putting the ball in the back of the net. I, I, I think. The player that's gonna need to turn up, apart from the ones you name, I'm I'm thinking pain because I I think we've seen the best of pain when when we need um what am I trying to say? Yeah, we've seen the best of pain when. Basically, when Bentley's on on, on that wing, mm-hmm. because 
Bentley, in his because of his stature, because of his build, because of the way he plays, he looks for that that turn inside to get involved to to get into the mixer, get involved with the with um with the the center backs and even the fullbacks, sometimes defensive midfielders of the other team. Payne's overlaps are going to be very, very key with adding more disruption to our attack. And I think that apart from the guys you named, Payne needs to be on point with when he decides to make those runs, when he decides to exploit that space in behind on the outside of Bentley, um, if Bentley is the one who's starting. And even O'Gordon, because I mean O'Gordon, he likes he's he's got the footwork, he's got the 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 quickness and, and the creativity to cut inside and create something. We need that overlap. We need that overlap and, and I think Payne is gonna be our guy. Yeah, I, I think you know, thinking about it too a little bit more, if Zaka plays well, I think this game's gonna go well. Yeah, because you know, Rafa Mensigan, Mo Espinoza, they both like to play more centrally and you know, our midfield attacker. So if you know, Zaka can be on his game, you know, helping to you know shield uh you know Jalen, shield Dakota, you know, kind of be a you know vacuum cleaner up through the middle, I think we're gonna be potentially in really good shape because that's where a lot of their danger originates. Yeah. I, I think you hit hit the nail on it, Matt. That uh, kind of like that base of Zaka, Jalen, and Dakota is going to be really key to how this game goes because they're going to have to work really tight, really in sync with each other just because of how, like you said, how Chattanooga wants to bring everything inside, want to play really compressed. They don't want to – correct me if I'm wrong, but does Chattanooga feel really narrow? Because it feels like it's narrow from the camera angle. But is it is it as narrow as it looks? I mean, in comparison to us, yes. But... Okay. We so I mean, yeah. Wide. <laughs> so yeah. So I think like everything that's going in the middle is really going to have to be dependent. I think Zaka's gonna have. I think Zaka's gonna have to be on it. Which I'm not saying he's not. I'm not afraid that he's not going to be on it. It's just more so the fact of like it, everything he does is going to be spot on, and Rick is going to ride this game out. Um, I th- another thing, right before we end, I want to ask you guys this question. The last game that we have with them, 2-2 game in Chattanooga. Do you think that game is going to be more of a reflection of how things are going to go, or is it going to kind of mirror more of the, uh, what is it, 3-1 result we had against them at home? At I, think it was three, I think it was 3 nothing. I don't think they scored. Make sure. I just want to double-check and make sure before I said this. I thought I did no, yeah, right. Three nothing against Chattanooga. Do you think that three nothing result is the same Chattanooga team, or you think we can kind of toss that result out and look more into that two two? Because I'm leaning more towards that two two and how you know Chattanooga is going to be looking for those set piece opportunities against us because that seemed to be our Achilles heel at certain moments. Excuse me. Yeah, I mean it's definitely more of the uh, uh, because I'm pulling up the lineup from that game and. Uh, I mean, they play not Avales in the back. You know, they they played a you know a few subs in there. Like you know, uh, played Bayman up top. That dude ain't gonna play it for them on yeah. Saturday. You know, uh, you know, like I said, Saunders was in there. They uh, you know held off you know 
you know, Mencian and Galindrez, uh, you know, is later subs and everything. So not the same team in any way. And that, that was, I think, in the midst of the you know, Chattanooga's down period as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think uh, what we saw a few weeks ago was certainly going to be more representative. But that was a game we were feeling really good about until we didn't. <laughs> yeah, we felt really good about it until – <laughs> they scored two set pieces and we're just like, all right, a draw is okay. We walked out this week with, uh, what was that? That was the same week we played, what, Tucson and Union Omaha? We were like, anything out of this week is good. <laughs> I think it was even past that. I think that was, was definitely in the everybody's drawing stage of the season where yeah. we were already in first and, yeah, just status quo was fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. Well, you better say you better say something there. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, I was gonna say like I, I do think that this Chattanooga team, with all of the drama that's gone on on and off the field throughout the second half of this season, they're gonna have a chip on their shoulder. They're gonna have a point to prove. They're gonna have that against all odds uh, siege mentality. Are they are they underdogs? <laughs> well, I mean, they are a dog, so yeah. I guess so. You want to count them like that? <laughs> they are underdogs. They're four feet to one, right? <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think I mean technically, I mean they are the underdog. They're the fourth seed, the lowest seed of of the final four. Um, you see that the going into this matchup. We played them ten times and we've only won three. Now, granted, the last two times we played them at home, we won. So, I'm sure games from 2019 are really relevant. Yeah, no, I know they're not, but you know, every time we see Chad doing the schedule, we're like, all right, yeah. Let me that, go get this that's the thing. That's why be a fight. <laughs> I would have. I would have. That's why I've, I'm in the mindset of I would have preferred if Union had won, um, but. I, I feel that we would stand a better chance against Union Omaha than against Chattanooga because Chattanooga are a tough nut to crack and they've they've been a thorn in our side for a long time. And even though this season is completely different from say two years ago, it's it's still psychologically there. This yeah. this Chattanooga team has has really been a thorn in our side. So well, I mean, if there's one thing this kicker team has done, they have broken almost every curse that's been put in front of them this year. And I hope and I know they will fight diligently to keep that going. Um it's gonna be a good one. I think what I think Saturday's game is also the kickoff time is different. I know that much. It's not six thirty, it's six o'clock. So adjust okay. yourselves and make sure you're there earlier. Not expect the six thirty, but six o'clock kickoff. But um, also, like, I think they're giving out black T-shirts for the first 1,000 fans. And also, um, it's one thing. They wanted it to be a blackout, I think, the other day, too. Right? Whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. So we're black. I mean, I'm already black, so I can just wear my skin color. <laughs> <I'm actually>. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, all right, let me stop. If I get another show banned off air. 
Uh, any last things for you guys before we wrap up? And buy your tickets, show um, up. Yeah, buy your tickets. Yep. We want another sellout. Let's, yes, let's sell the stadium out. Let's make some noise. And and going back to the, the last regular season game, I was very proud of the fan base, um, even outside of the Red Army. They were loud. Yeah. They were interactive. Um, we That was the first time that I had heard such noise coming from other sections apart from section of the last time I've heard noise like that was when Crystal Palace came to play. And um so I I, I was I was really happy to see that. Let's bring that energy. Let's bring twice as much energy as that on Saturday. Um so we can see these see these boys to the finals. We need to see them to the finals. Yeah. It's gonna yeah. be a fun one, y'all. And yeah, I think the last you know, five or six years, hopefully have you know, you know, taught us to you know, not take, you know, opportunities like this for granted. Uh, you know, we had a, a long, long run of success you know, where the team is hosting playoff games nearly every single you know, year. And, you know, it's the first time in eight years that we've had a home playoff game. So, yeah, we might think that we're, you know, on the up, but, you know, let's not assume that you know, more is coming. Let's, you know, get out there, enjoy it, have fun. Uh because you, you don't know when the next one's you know coming and I mean the next one's coming next week, but <laughs> yeah, we were just saying now. Yeah, most definitely. Like I know I know this team is gonna show everything they got, they're gonna show all the heart and compassion they got and like I wanna be able to wear my Richmond Kickers regular season t shirt one day and then our league championship shirt the next. You know? So once again, guys, make sure you get out there. Make sure that you buy your tickets. Make sure that you invite the whole neighborhood out to the game. It's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a great one. Let's cheer on the ruse because they're going to need it. Make sure you go uh, listen to our man Elliot You know, uh, from his stint on the uh, Total Soccer Show. And what was that, Thursday? Uh, Wednesday? Yeah, that was Thursday, yeah. yeah. He was on there representing with Taylor. Yeah, which was kind of cool. I've told him about that. I did actually. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, <laughs> Taylor talked about it as well about just how the whole like experience of being a Richmond Kickers fan has been kind of weird over the last couple of years. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's been kind of weird. It's been kind of weird, but now it's kind of getting back to how it used to be. Because like for me, for instance, I didn't see the team ever win a title. I came in in 2014, so this is like once again my first experience. Like we talked about it before, but. I know the olden days used to be great and fun. <laughs> this whole thing is fun. <laughs> All right, let me stop talking. Let's wrap up the show, guys. Um, as always, listeners, we just want to say thank you for taking the time of the year day for listening to our show because without you, we couldn't do this show. So for Matt, Shanir, and me, Yogi, we just want to say thank y'all. We will holler at you guys next week where we will hopefully be talking about a kicker's win and a final. See you guys next week. Be easy. Oh, my God.